Now, we've been talking about first things, and I started last week just talking about priorities and the priority that Jesus gave us uh, to seek first. Everybody say first. Now, when God in flesh tells us to put something first, he's not telling us to pray about it or think about it or consider it. He's saying, this is what I want you to put first if you're going to follow me. And I shared with you last week that, that Christianity works best when you put him first. And so let's read. I want us to read it together. It's only one verse. It's our key verse for this series. But what's the third word in that verse? So this is Jesus talking. Right smack in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, here's what he says. Are you ready? Let's read it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Stop. What's all the things? Food, clothing, shelter, all the things that the world is always worried about in giving their whole life to obtain, Jesus said, don't worry about it. He says, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you as a side benefit for seeking the kingdom. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. And we pray that, Lord, you will speak to our hearts. We have come hungry for you, thirsty for you, wanting you, longing for you, seeking you. We're not here, Lord, today to be religious. We're here to be with you and to hear from you. So, Lord, speak to us today. Now, can you breathe a prayer, dear church, and just say, Lord, I open my heart. I open my ears. I open my eyes to what you're saying today. I receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, first things first. First things first. Boy, we had a wonderful first service. People were saved. It was just a wonderful time. Now, Jesus says, seek something first, the kingdom of God. He said, here's what I want you to put first, the kingdom of God. And last time we did talk about first things first, and we said the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. For every believer, there's a main thing, and that is the kingdom of God. The main thing is to keep the kingdom first, put God first. That's the main thing that we're to keep as the main thing. And so there's our priority from heaven above, our priority in life. That's to be our number one loyalty, our main thing, our top priority. That's it, the kingdom of God. Now, um, this might be sacrilegious to some of you, but not family, not yourself, not your job, All of those things should be subservient to and submitted to the kingdom of God. Now, here's the deal. When we talk about the kingdom of God, notice Jesus said, here's what I want you to seek first, the kingdom of God. Yet if I were to come off this stage and walk up to any one of you and say, since we're to seek the kingdom of God first, tell me your definition of the kingdom of God. What is it? How, How can I seek something I can't see. What is the kingdom of God? And many of you wouldn't have a clue as to how to define it. And yet Jesus said, put it first. So today in this message, I'm going to clarify for you what it is, what is the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God is that we are to seek first above all else. Is the kingdom of God heaven? A lot of people think it is. Well, those two words kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God are used interchangeably in the Bible, but we're going to see in this message, the kingdom of heaven is a place. The kingdom of God is a condition. 
They are different, though they are used sometimes interchangeably. Does the kingdom of God mean simply the will of God for our lives? Does the kingdom of God mean ministry? Does it mean sharing the gospel? Does it mean building churches? Does it mean a personal change in my heart or in morals? Is that the kingdom of God? What, what is the kingdom of God? Well, it might interest you to know that the phrase kingdom of God in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John alone, the four gospels, you'll find that phrase 61 times. Jesus talked about it all the time, the kingdom of God. He used that phrase all the time, kingdom of God. In the New Testament as a whole, we find it 85 times. That phrase, kingdom of God. The kingdom of God was a very favorite top subject of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many Bible scholars I discovered studying for this have concluded that the kingdom of God was the central message of Jesus. The central message. The kingdom of God. He talked about it all the time. It was one of his favorite phrases. He harped on it. He preached on it. He taught on it. Let me give you some examples. Mark 1, 14. After John the Baptist was put in prison, and by the way, he was put in prison for speaking truth to a politician. Boy, I caught some flack on Facebook this week because I dared to talk about politics a little bit and somebody just really came at me and all these defenders of mine came out of the woodwork. I didn't have to say a word hardly. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's okay. I'm I'm a big boy. I can take it. I fully am ready for that kind of thing. I'm going to tell you why that happened as a matter of fact today. But listen to Jesus. It says, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel Jesus preached is called the gospel of the kingdom of God. And here's what he said. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand, meaning near, right around the corner, beginning to manifest. Repent and believe the gospel. In Mark 10, chapter 15, it says... Assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus talking, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it, it being the kingdom of God. Luke records the burden that Jesus carried concerning the kingdom of God. Watch this. He, Jesus, said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, For I was sent for this purpose. My purpose for coming ultimately was to die on the cross for mankind. But my preaching purpose, my teaching purpose, my communicative purpose was to clarify and explain and declare and expound on the kingdom of God. Jesus not only preached the kingdom of God, but we're told he himself was and is the full manifestation and representation of the kingdom of God. Luke 17, now when he was asked by the Pharisees, they heard him talking so much about the kingdom of God, they finally said to him, okay, when is the kingdom of God going to come? And he answered and said to them, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. You can't see it. 
nor will they say, see here or see there. Look over there. Look over there. There it is. There's the kingdom of God because it's an invisible kingdom. You cannot see it. It is not observed with a natural eye. For Jesus said, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Now, some of your translations say within you. That's not the best translation. Trust me. The best one is in your midst. The kingdom of God is in your midst. And he was talking about himself. He's standing there amongst these Pharisees and Sadducees. Tell us when the kingdom of God is coming. And he essentially said to them, the kingdom of God is looking at you. The kingdom of God is looking right at you. I am the manifestation and the representation of the kingdom of God. Powerful stuff. And Jesus was not the only one in the New Testament by any stretch to talk about the kingdom of God. Paul the Apostle talked about the kingdom of God all the way to the end of his life. We're told in the book of Acts, preaching that, that, that Paul, when he was a prisoner in Rome, it says he preached the kingdom of God and taught the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him until the day they martyred him. Paul was teaching the kingdom of God. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Eighty-five times in the New Testament, the phrase the kingdom of God is mentioned. Well, since we're supposed to seek it, we need to understand what it is. In Romans, Paul told us what the kingdom of God looks like how it manifests, and this is one of the ways you can know that it's there. He said the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we see the wind blow. We don't see the wind, but we see it blow a tree. We see that tree bend and bow under the force of the wind, and we know the wind is blowing. How do you know the kingdom of God is in a person or in a place or in a church or in a nation or a city? How do you know it's manifesting? Because it always manifests with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So that's how you can know that the kingdom of God is there, is manifesting. And those three, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, are in that order because they must come in that order. Righteousness precedes peace. It says when we get right with God, we experience the peace of God. When we call out on Jesus Christ, then he declares us righteous through the blood that he shed for us. And when he he declares us righteous, then we have peace. When we make peace with God, we experience the peace of God. So righteousness precedes peace. And guess what? Peace precedes joy because you will never have the joy of the Lord until you have peace with God. So it's righteousness, it's peace, and then it's joy. Righteousness precedes peace. Peace precedes joy. But all three together are the manifestation of the kingdom of God. And I'm glad to tell you, this is what people are looking for. At the bottom of every bottle, At the end of every joint, uh, people that snort something, shoot something, smoke something, drink something, what are they looking for? I contend that they're looking for God and they don't know it. They're looking for righteousness and they're looking for peace and they're looking for joy. And I'm glad to announce to you today, it's free. You can get it from Jesus Christ and it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
I'm getting this CD. I like this. Now listen to Matthew's summary of Jesus' ministry and message. Here's, here's his summation. If you were there and had seen Jesus, he said, let me summarize it for you. And Jesus was going about in all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Same phrase, kingdom of God, gospel of the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. The message preceded the miracles. But the message was this. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God has invaded planet earth. You are in a historic time, Jesus said to his people, those following him. Because the kingdom of God has arrived. So the kingdom of God is with the heart of Jesus' message. The declaration of the kingdom of God was his purpose on earth. And he himself was the perfect manifestation and representation of the kingdom of God. So if we're supposed to seek it, I mean, he says, seek first daily, all the time, as a way of life, the kingdom of God. When he tells me to seek something, to chase after something, to make it my number one priority, then I want to know what it is. I know what it looks like when it manifests, but, but it's a condition. It's not the place called heaven where we're all going to go one day and we're going to walk those streets of gold and we're going to live in an actual geographical location, a place called heaven. But no, the kingdom of God that Jesus is talking about here, the righteous peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, that's a condition. The condition is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But what brought the kingdom of God onto that person? Let me make it simple, and let me have you think with me for a minute. Every kingdom has a king that rules a kingdom. If somebody calls himself a king and they have no kingdom, they're no king. You've got to have a kingdom if you're a king. I know some people think they're kings, but I look behind them and there's no kingdom. But every kingdom has a king or it is not a kingdom. Now, here's the deal. The kingdom of God has a king. And his name is Jesus Christ. And the kingdom of God exists wherever the king of the kingdom of God rules and reigns. Wherever Jesus reigns and his will is done, that's where the kingdom of God manifests. You want righteousness? You want peace? You want joy in the Holy Ghost? then submit yourself to the king of the kingdom. Because when you come in under the king of the kingdom, you will experience the fruit of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy, unspeakable and full of glory in the Holy Ghost. So wherever the Lord Jesus Christ reigns, there you have the kingdom of God. You see, every Christian in this room, you used to be a citizen of another kingdom. There's only two kingdoms in the spiritual arena, which is really the only arena that matters. Because in this world, in, in what we can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell, that is all affected by the world you cannot see. There are two kingdoms the Bible talks about, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the devil, and the kingdom of God's dear son. And you are in one or the other. There is no other kingdom. There's no kingdom of self. There's no kingdom of your own will. You can't opt out of both kingdoms and go find your own kingdom. 
You are either in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of God's dear son. The kingdom of darkness has a king. And the king's name is Satan. And he rules over the kingdom of darkness. And people that are in that kingdom, which right now is most of the world, are ruled by that kingdom. Please understand me today. You, you don't have a, a choice, like I said, to, to, to opt out of both kingdoms and have your own, your, the kingdom of self. I am my own island. I'm an island unto myself. I'm not in either kingdom. Yes, you are. Jesus looked at the Pharisees and Sadducees who were the religious teachers and scholars and professionals of his day. And he said this to them. He said, you are of your father, the devil. <clears throat> and then he said, and the lusts of your father, you will do. You know what he's telling them? You're in the kingdom of darkness. You think you're in the kingdom of light, but you're in the kingdom of darkness. And you must do what your father, the devil, is telling you and moving you and prompting you and driving you to do. The lust of your father you will do. See, whatever kingdom you're in, you're going to be subject to the king of that kingdom. And you're going to do his will. That's why there are people watching right now by streaming video and those that are in here and who will also hear this by radio. Here's the truth about you. There are some of you, you do things and you don't know why you do them and you wish you didn't do them. You, you do things that you feel bad about. And you say, why do I keep doing this? I don't want to do this. You have a question mark about your walk with God. You have a question mark about whether or not you're saved. You have a question mark when, when, when it's quiet at night and your head hits the pillow and there's nobody else around and you're alone with your thoughts. The thought sifts through your mind from time to time. Am I really a Christian? Am I really saved? Because the way I'm living doesn't bespeak the fact that I'm saved. I'm not living like a Christian. And that world out there, they do things all the time. They wonder why they're doing what they're doing. And they don't understand they're doing the lusts of their father. Satan is driving them. He's a taskmaster. He's like that guy in the bottom of that boat where you would put the slaves down in the very bottom of that boat with an oar. And that taskmaster, that that was down there with a whip, whipping them across the back as they pulled that oar. And that's the way people live when they're under the power of the kingdom of darkness and not in the kingdom of God's dear son. They're pulling that oar of sin. They're doing this and doing that and doing the other. And their life is being destroyed and they're under bondage. They're in the kingdom of darkness. It's a kingdom. But then there is the kingdom of light. And what we've got to understand about Jesus, he didn't come into the world to tiptoe through the religious tulips and say nice things to people and be kind of a cool guy wearing sandals, a first century hippie love child. He was on a rescue mission. Can I say it again? He was on a rescue mission. He, he, he came to invade the kingdom of darkness. That's why he said the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. It, it, it is beginning to manifest, and it's manifesting through me because I happen to be the king of the kingdom of light. Let me tell you what happened when you got saved. Let me, let me, I'm going to let the Bible tell you. Colossians 1.13. 
He rescued you. Can you say with me, I've been rescued? <clears throat> he rescued you. Man, when somebody rescues you, that means you're going down and you can't help yourself or you don't need rescue. If you can need, if you can rescue yourself, then you don't need a rescuer. The message of the Bible is we all needed a rescuer because we couldn't rescue ourselves because we were enslaved to the kingdom of darkness and our daddy was the devil. You say, who's your daddy? Spiritually. That's the number one question. But look what it says. He rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom of his dear son. So when you got saved, here's the kingdom of darkness over here. Here's the kingdom of light over here. And you were over in this kingdom of darkness and the taskmaster was whipping you and you were sinning as he told you to and your life was being destroyed and you were going down and you were hellbound. And then Jesus came and he came into, he invaded the kingdom of darkness and he transferred us into the kingdom of God's dear son. You transferred kingdoms and you transferred kings. Boy, I'll tell you, that ought to get you stirred up because now you've got a new king. You've got a new kingdom. You've got kingdom rules to live by. You've got kingdom laws and principles to live by. And they are totally opposite from the rules and principles for this kingdom. Jesus rescued us. The kingdom of God exists wherever God's will is done. And the evidence of his kingdom, every time it manifests, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I saw people this morning get delivered from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son. And I can watch it happen right in front of me. They come down into the altar, and you can tell that there is a change happening inside of them. And if we could see in the spirit world, we would see them being lifted out of the kingdom of darkness and transplanted into the kingdom of light. So you're either in this one or you're in this one. And if you're in this one, you've got a king and he's a hard taskmaster. If you're in this one, you've got a king and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Let me tell you the truth about our world. See, when Jesus was born into the world, he was born into a world at war with God. It was an invasion. Jesus invaded the earth. It was and it is a world of anarchy and sin and rebellion and satanic rule. And he invaded the kingdom of darkness. He declared war on Satan's kingdom. Right now, this world is under the control of the devil. Let me read it to you. 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are children of God. And that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. That shouldn't surprise us. Look at the anarchy. Look at the bloodshed. Do you wonder where it all comes from? The murder, the rape, the pillage, the robbery, the lying, the perversion, the deceit, the cruelty of man against man. Have you ever wondered where it comes from, why it's there? How can they do these things? Because the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That doesn't mean he owns it because God's sovereignty is over the whole thing. But the control, until you come to the king of this kingdom of light, until you come to him, then God allows the enemy to control 
those who choose darkness. Jesus said, this is the judgment, this is the condemnation that light came into the world and men loved darkness more than light. Paul the Apostle let us know that our world is under constant spiritual attack from a fallen devil. Right now there is a great warfare going on in this world. You can't see it, but if you could see what God sees, you'd see it. There is a mighty clashing. I mean, look at our country right now. Have you ever seen anything like what's going on in our country right now? There is a spiritual warfare between two kingdoms going on in our country right now. The kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light clashing. Jesus said, don't say I came to bring peace. I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. He didn't mean a real one, but a sword of division. He said, my gospel, my light shining into the dark is going to bring division because some are going to choose light and some are going to choose darkness. And that's going to cause a distance between the two. Some of you with families where some are saved and some are lost know exactly what that means. Paul said, this is out of the living Bible. It's very graphic. We're not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies, the evil rulers of the unseen world those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world. And against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. Do you hear that? Evil rulers, evil princes, satanic beings, wicked spirits, and their king is the devil. And Paul there is describing a hierarchical structure of the kingdom of darkness principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual wickedness. That's a structure. It's like a militaristic structure. It is a military structure. One answers to the other, to the other, and answers to the other. They are organized. They are, they are militarized. That's the kingdom of darkness. But I'm so glad the kingdom of light. For every one devil, there's two angels. Satan may be real. Satan may be real, but he can't be everywhere at once. He doesn't know everything, though he wishes that he does. And But we serve the Lord God, Elohim, creator. And his son, Jesus Christ, and the omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, holy spirit of God. Our side vastly outnumbers the other. So watch this, when when both Jesus and John the Baptist announced that the kingdom of God was at hand, here's what he meant. He meant that God's rule was just about to break into the world through Jesus the Messiah. Did you ever notice that when Jesus started his ministry, you don't see any of this in the Old Testament, but suddenly demons are manifesting out of people. Demons start talking out of people. We know who you are, the Son of God. Have you come to torment us before the day? Don't cast us into the abyss, Jesus. The king of the kingdom of light confronted the king of the kingdom of darkness, and it was no contest. He said, come out, and they came out. He said, go, and they went. He bound them. He loosed them. He told them what to do. He told them where to go. They were subservient and subject to him. It was an invasion, and everywhere he went, why was he so hated? Why was he so despised? Why did they so come against him and loathe him and detest him? Because there was something else about Jesus 
I experienced it this week. I mentioned Jesus in public. And I noticed, you can say, you can say, Muhammad. Everybody's, oh, cool. You can say, I hugged a tree this week. Oh, groovy. I'm a groovy. Not. That took me back. Remember groovy, out of sight, all that. Now, oh, that's all right. Yeah, you hug a tree. That's great. But you say, Jesus. You've just said the name of the king of the kingdom. And when you say the name of the king of the kingdom, it brings authority. It brings power. It, it turns over the rock and it exposes what's there. You would have thought I had a bomb strapped to my side when I said, Jesus. You want people to get out of an elevator for you where you can just go right to the floor you want? <laughs> just say, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Forgive me while I worship. They're hitting there. They're hitting. <laughs> that's not what you should do it for, but that's what it does. When Jesus preached and proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom of God, he meant that in and through himself, God was exercising his power and his authority against all the evil in the world. So in short, the kingdom of God is the rule of God manifested in Christ to defeat evil and bring redemption to people. That's why he said, when you pray, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because when his will is done, that's when his kingdom comes. So how much do you want to experience righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost? Then get under the lordship of Jesus and walk in his word. And you will walk in peace and you will walk in the joy of the Lord. Now, back to Jesus' call to seek first the kingdom. When Jesus said to his followers, seek first the kingdom of God, he meant that his followers are to seek to be under his lordship and to pray into the world his rule and his reign. How can I seek first the kingdom? By becoming subservient to the kingdom, by being obedient to his word, by doing what he says, by obeying him. That's how I come in under. That's how I seek first the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So let me leave you with three simple things about the kingdom of God. We have to understand today that the kingdom of you're not, when you're born via your mother, you are not born into the kingdom of God. You're born of flesh. We must enter the kingdom of God. Now, how do you enter the kingdom of God? How do you go from this kingdom to this one? There is a bridge. There is a great chasm between the two. How do you cross that bridge? How do you get over here? Real simple. Repentance is the first step. Here's the bridge. I'm taking three steps across it. First step, I must repent. Repentance is a beautiful six-letter word because without it, you couldn't have the peace of God. You couldn't know the joy of the Lord. You will never be saved. Listen to what Jesus said. It says, when John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. And the very next word, repent and believe in the gospel. Repentance is simply this. I agree with what God tells me about me. And what does God tell me about me? God loves me more than you and I can ever know. 
but he tells us the truth about ourselves. We all have a disease and it's called sin. And he tells the truth. He said, all have sinned. Not most of you, all of you. You've all lied. You've all deceived. You've all cursed. You've all done things against the commandments of God. Most of us in here have broken every single one of them or at least a lot of them. But there isn't anybody in here that hasn't broken at least one. And the Bible says if you break one, you've broken them all. So the Bible says we've all sinned. We've all turned aside. We've all gone our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the book that said I'm okay, you're okay wasn't okay because it's not right. We're not okay until we know him. We must repent. We must repent. Jesus said, I tell you, unless you repent, which means I turn around. I say, I agree with you, God. I've lived a sinful life. Please forgive me. And he says, forgiven. And then we turn and we walk by his grace and strength the other direction. We forsake that lifestyle of sin. I tell you, said Jesus, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God, you too will perish. You will perish. It's a guarantee. So without repentance, there is no salvation. It's the first step across the bridge. Repentance is the first step. You got to do it. You must do it. Second, he said the next step across that bridge is you must be born again. You're going to have to be born again. Now, I believe the devil has totally twisted our understanding of that phrase in our culture. We say he's a born-again politician. We say he's a born-again businessman. Well, what do you mean by that? Because you're not talking about what Jesus was. Jesus said the kingdom of God must be entered into by being born again. He said, I say to you, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that means when your mama's water breaks, he's talking about natural birth. You must be born of water, but then you have to have another birth. And the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh, when the water breaks, is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I said to you, you must, you must. It's not an option. You must. You must be born again. You must be born twice. You must be. Now, let me tell you what he did not mean. He didn't mean turn over a new leaf. He didn't mean become a better person. He didn't mean give up some bad habit. He didn't talk. He wasn't talking about a New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to get on that. Um, I'm going to get on that stationary bicycle and bless God, I'm losing 20 pounds. Well, lose those 20 and lose five more. It won't get you into heaven. I'm not saying human beings can't do good things, but none of those good things will get you into heaven. He wasn't talking about rehabilitation. Here's the word he was talking about, transformation. Let me, let me read to you what transformation is like. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Amplified Bible. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, joined by him by faith and him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit, the old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. And then the last thing is you've got to receive his righteousness. That's the third step. You've got to receive his righteousness. And that's the second part of Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means... We've got to admit, nothing we can do can save us. 
We've got to come by way of the blood. We can't come by our own good works. We can't come by giving away millions of dollars to charity, by volunteering time at the nursing home, by never getting a traffic ticket. That's our righteousness. He says, no, no, no. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The only way into the kingdom of God is by way of the blood of Jesus. For I am not ashamed, said Paul, of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everybody who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, that is in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. What he's saying is when you put faith in Jesus, it reveals the righteousness of God on you. So that when God looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees him. Now, I drag these out of my past. Now, picture my hair way down here, parted down the middle. But now, listen. You know what I'm seeing right now? All of you are red. All of you are red. You're all red. You're pretty red. But you're all red. You know what happens when you get saved? God saw your sin until you said, Jesus, forgive me. And then he does this. He puts on sunglasses. And now when he looks at you, he says, righteous, 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 righteous. So if you're in this kingdom, he doesn't have sunglasses on towards you. If you're in this kingdom, he's got them on and they never come off. Can we stand together today? Say with me, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Seek first means come under the rule and reign. Can we bow for prayer? I believe there are people here today who drifted from the Lord. You got other things that took your attention away and you got away from him. Listen carefully to me. I'm not here to judge you. I've done it myself. I know exactly the feeling. When you get out of the will of God, it never goes well. Today, I'm going to pray a simple prayer with you that you would come back in. Say, Jesus, I'm coming under the rule of the kingdom. And some of you have a question mark in your head. Am I really saved? Do I really know him? Am I in that kingdom of darkness? Or have I been translated into the other kingdom? That's the most important question in all your life. If there's a question mark in your mind, I want to encourage you to settle it today. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. You can pray it with me. And I don't care if you haven't prayed in years. You can pray it right now. God will help you right now. And let's, let's just ask him to move us from that dark kingdom into the kingdom of light. Pray this with me. If you've drifted first, say, Lord Jesus, I got out there away from your will, but I believe in you. Lord, I'm coming back to submit to the king of the kingdom. Thank you for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost.